From training to performing, join our Big League Conversation. Welcome to the CSP Elite Baseball Development Podcast with your host, Eric Cressy. Welcome back to the CSP Elite Baseball Development Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Cressy, and this is episode 28. This is going to be an awesome show because we have one of the absolute best rehabilitation and return to action stories of Major League Baseball over the last few years. I think it's going to be awesome, not just because it's an inspiring story, but also because there's a lot of actionable strategies that any you know arms out there who are rehabilitating can really draw some really important lessons from. So I'm really excited for today. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's an all-in-one superfood supplement with 75 whole food sourced ingredients to support your body's nutritional needs across five critical areas. Energy, immunity, gut health, hormonal support, and healthy aging. I'm an avid user of Athletic Greens myself in spite of the fact that I tend to be a supplement minimalist. To me, this is a product that is much more like whole food nutritional insurance as opposed to a true supplement. The ingredients have been carefully selected at the highest quality, most natural source. You get essential vitamins and minerals, digestive enzymes, prebiotics, probiotics, and that's the zero compromise approach from the company. It's plant-based, sourced from whole foods at the highest quality, so you won't find harmful chemicals, artificial colors or flavors, preservatives, or added sugar. Um, Really, it's perfect for folks who are gluten and dairy-free, paleo, keto, vegan-friendly, great for people who are intermittent fasting, all that fun stuff. Um, Personally, I love it for, for obviously, our athletes who don't get enough nutritional uh, benefits from fruits and vegetables because they don't eat enough. So it's a way to kind of plug in holes in diets. But also, I really like it for our college and professional athletes who may have complex travel schedules where quality food options aren't always at hand. Um, on a personal level, I'm a husband, father of three, and an entrepreneur. Um, we split our time between two states, and, and I'm also still an avid lifter. Um, so life is inherently crazy, and it can be stressful, and sleep deprivation is definitely something that we encounter. So I rely on Athletic Greens um, for part of my immune support and believe firmly that it's it's made a big difference in keeping me healthy in spite of how crazy our lifestyle is. Um, they've got a great offer in place. If you head to athleticgreens.com backslash Cressy, They'll get you 20 free travel packets with your purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Cressy, C-R-E-S-S-E-Y, and you can claim your special offer. Today's guest is a relief pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Originally from the state of Indiana, he attended Wabash Valley College for two years and then transferred to the University of Mississippi. He was drafted four times in 2006, 2008, 2009, and 2010 by the Dodgers, Twins, Rangers, and Nationals, respectively. He signed with the Nationals, worked his way up through the minor leagues, and made his major league debut in 2014, where he established himself as a mainstay in the Nationals' bullpen. The following year, he had Tommy John surgery, and as you'll learn in today's podcast, it developed into one of the more compelling rehabilitation and comeback stories in recent years in Major League Baseball, as he just returned to the big leagues here in 2019. Please welcome to the podcast, Aaron Barrett. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's the the story of the year in Major League Baseball, and um, you know, I... personally have gotten to know you obviously in a different capacity than a lot of the other media that have probably heard your story and stuff just because we have so many guys who have come through the national system and being close by to the spring training complex so I can't even begin to do justice to your story you have to tell it so let's let's maybe start with the Tommy John and then talk about what the last four years has been 
Yeah, um, it's it's been kind of a uh, crazy crazy road uh, for the last four years. Um, basically, uh, you know, made it to the big leagues in 2014. Um, you know, try, started to establish myself as a as a pretty pretty good reliever, decent. Um, you know, trying to make a name for myself, and obviously in 2015, um, you know, my workload was was really really high. Um, just trying to be a guy that to be counted on you know just wanted the ball every day and unfortunately it kind of caught up to me and um ended up uh getting an MRI at the end of uh 2015 after I went on the DL for the first time uh in I think July um I was hot off the mound 45 of the first 60 games and just I think it eventually just kind of caught up with me um so I got a I got an MRI and had a 90% tear with uh, about six floating bone chips and so I started that, uh, Dr. Dr. Andrews did my Tommy John. That would have been in, uh, September 3rd of 2015. And then come back from that, um, I thought the Tommy John process was compared to my, my neck surgery that I had. I thought the Tommy John process was kind of a, uh, a cakewalk in comparison. Not saying that it, that it wasn't hard by any means, um, cause it was definitely tough. Refresh but, my memory. Uh, Wasn't there? Weren't there some like interesting things? Didn't you dr- break some drill bits during your Tommy John? You're, no, that was that was the that second. Was the second. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I got out of yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so coming back from the Tommy John, uh, I didn't have any setbacks at all. Everything was literally uh, to protocol. It was hitting every milestone. Uh, I was going to be back, you know, right at a year, uh, maybe a year and a month, somewhere right in there, and I had a. Um, a one pitch uh, or a, a 20 pitch sim game. And it was a week before I went on my ma- major league uh, rehab assignment. Before then, um, I was going to, you know, get back to the team around probably sometime in September when rosters expanded. Just a four seam fastball away. Um, just did everything the same like I normally would. Um, went to, went to throw and literally next thing I know, my arm felt like it, it exploded um in half and i don't know where the ball went they said the ball kind of went straight up um and i just remember it, it was it was hands down the the most um excruciating pain that i've ever experienced in my life i've never had a broken bone before mm-hmm. uh so for that to be my first broken bone it would definitely uh it definitely was was quite an experience um i just remember screaming at the top of my lungs and Went to shock um, and just kind of, I mean, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot from the day. I just kind of, I just, they said that I, I just, just questioned like why, like, you know, why? And, and uh, it, it's hard to, to kind of put myself back in that, that spot because it's, it was such a, uh, such a gut-riching day, um, you know, to experience that. And, and you know, I, I get rushed to the ER and the ER doctor, I'm in full uniform, just sweating, and they immediately, uh, you know, put uh, pain meds in me and mm-hmm. uh, try to numb the pain, and it, it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the ER doctor was like, you know, what'd you do? And I was like, oh, I'm throwing a baseball. I'm pretty sure I broke my arm. And he's like, no way. There, there's no way you could do that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just did, buddy. <laughs> and uh so he got the x-ray and they sent it off to Dr. Andrews and Andrews immediately calls. I was like, Oh my God, is he okay? Like, what do you do? You get in a car crash. And they're like, no, he just threw a baseball and it, 
and, and he couldn't he couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. As a lot of other people couldn't believe it either. Yeah. So they uh, they rush uh, rush me up to uh, um, well, it actually happened on a Friday, mm-hmm. so I couldn't see Doctor Andrews till Monday. So I just had to basically wear it for two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fill me up with pain meds, basically. Yeah. We made the trip up um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. or yeah, on Sunday. Surgery is supposed to last three hours. Ended up lasting five and a half because, and here's a part of the story you like. My bone was apparently so hard that when they were drilling the screws into my arm, um, the drill bits would actually break off in my bone. So they had to replace the drill bits all 16 times, which doesn't make any sense. And that's, that's where it's such a unique injury in the sense that obviously you don't see it a lot, but at the same time, you, when you see a fracture like this, you think the bone is weak. And in fact, a lot of people instantly start to wonder, like, is it bone cancer? Is there something like that? But you, you fractured a really, really strong bone. <laughs> yeah. And then and the, the, the other thing too is, is the, where the, the fracture was, it was low because you usually get a, a high humerus break um, in most most humerus breaks. So it was a low humerus break, and it's just it's weird because because they they thought that well okay well maybe the uh, a lot of the fractures happened at the uh, from the the uh, screw holes from the Tommy John and it was unrelated to that. Yep. And the fact that my Tommy John didn't go with it uh, that was unique as well. Um, and then you know. It's just, uh, you know, we did bone density scans. We did blood work. I had a, I had a blood specialist check out my blood to make sure there were no abnormal, abnormalities, uh, in my blood for my bone. That was all completely normal. So I, I, you know, I tried to question and try to get answers. I saw biomechanics. I saw you name it. I reached mm-hmm. out to anyone I could think of to, including yourself. Like, yeah, I hey, talking. how, <laughs> how did this happen? Why did this happen? And, it was just a huge question mark. Just they label it as a freak thing. And, mm-hmm. um, it was really hard for me to accept that. Cause I wanted to know, you know, why, why did it happen on that one pitch? Why did it, you know, for, for the amount of torque to use to, to snap your arm like that? Yeah. Um, you know, did I do something wrong? Um, so that was really tough, tough to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started that uh, comeback story. Um, Before you get to it, tell, tell us about yeah. what – so I've seen the x-ray. It's the most incredible x-ray I've ever seen. Tell us what is in your arm in terms of hardware. Yeah, so they had the um, – they opened up the Tommy John a little bit more, and they had to put uh, a plate on the inside of the, of the arm uh, right above the elbow, and then they had to put another plate on the other side. And then they basically uh, – Basically put 16 screws, uh, the, the, the hold it together. Um, it kind of looks like a, a jigsaw puzzle in there. Just a, you know, just a, an absolute, uh, uh, mess of, of, of hardware in there. Um, so it's, 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 it's quite a, it's quite a picture. Absolutely. And then, so, uh, yeah, give us a feel for like the rehab starts immediately, obviously. What'd it look like? Well, I think, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, all, everyone didn't really, I mean, after this, it was just one of those things where I don't think anyone, you know, throwing a baseball was not on the radar at yeah. all. I think it was just one of those things where, hey, let's just, let's just get them, be a normal human being again. Yeah. Let's just rehab, um, you know, so we just started the rehab process, just trying to get full range of motion and strength back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, 
like I said, throwing a baseball was not on the radar yeah. at all for a long time. Um, we had to we had to make sure the bone healed all the way up first before we could do anything, and um, that took a that took a year, a whole year. I had to do uh, uh, forteo shots yep. um, in the stomach, and I also had to do. Um, the bone stimulator, I did that for yep. a long, long time to try to help heal that bone a little bit. I mean, yep. I was on supplements, all types of stuff, try to get that bone to heal as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a whole year for the bone to heal. And once once the bone finally healed, then it was like, well, I guess just try and play catch. Um, and it, it did not go over very well. Uh, th- those first few months of, of playing catch was not good. And I just – I remember – specifically um you know i was playing catch with troy jones our our pt yeah. in atlanta um who rehab uh yep. johnny venters and a bunch of other guys and yep started playing catch and i remember one day i ripped a bunch of scar tissue on the outside uh of my arm and it, it basically it irritated that whole radial nerve yep and it was miserable um i i just remember there were so many days where I was throwing and I had no clue where my arm was. I couldn't tell you if where my hand placement was, if I was getting my hand inside my elbow, if my hand was even over my head. I had no clue. And I actually sought out a another physical therapist that helped me. Um, his name is Seth Oberst. He actually helped me kind of connect, try to connect my brain and my, uh, and my arm uh, together again. It was more... A lot of psychological stuff. I mean, because yep. the amount of trauma that I had, basically, True. when I went to throw a baseball, my brain told me, hey, don't do that because the last time you did that, you broke your arm. Yeah. So I basically had to train myself from, from day one how, how to throw a baseball again um, like I was three years old. Wow. And so you, st- you started throwing, you said, about a year post-op. And then, you know, so that takes you well into 2016. When was the time where it was like, all right, this is starting to feel good, where I can actually start to ramp up and test some arm speed? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so 2016. Um, and then it took all, you know, so that took a whole year. So that would push me into 2017. Mm-hmm. And I would say, honestly, probably not until – june july range honestly um until it started to feel somewhat decent i mean you know even my range of motion still like just because of the hardware i have i can't get full extension um so i'll never have the full range of mobility that i that i once had but once you know july around july started you know doing some side it it basically we we kind of started the tommy john uh program all over him because no one's really ever done this before so we just kind of yeah. It's kind of, we make it up as we go, so to speak, uh, which yeah. was also frustrating because I had no one to talk to. I had no yes. one, you know, um, I could, couldn't uh, call straws up and be like, yeah. hey, man, how'd you feel on week <laughs> two yeah. after? Uh, so that that was really, really tough as far as being uh, being on an island, so to speak, yeah. uh, not Stamp- having anyone to reach out to. Sample size of one is never, never comforting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once we started that process, I mean, um, it started feeling somewhat, you know, okay. And I think I ended up getting up to 120 feet by the end of 17 mm-hmm. and we shut it down. And then, so started up, got, went into 2018, showed up, uh, I was at the, uh, the early camp is what they call it for the minor leaguers. So I was mm-hmm. the oldest guy at early camp, you know, <laughs> all these prospects and whatnot. Yeah. And I, here I am 30 years old at early yeah. camp. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I got off the mound for the first time. That would have been in February. And that was, that was a pretty, that was kind of the first, you know, the first milestone was obviously throwing a baseball. And the next one was, was getting off the mound for the first time. And that was, yeah. um, you know, fortunately, Dave Martinez was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, our skipper now, he got to watch it. And so that was cool that he, you know, he came out and, and he didn't know who I was, but obviously heard the story. Um, mm-hmm. So I got off the mound, and then uh, from there, just kind of did the the Tommy John kind of protocol again. You know, tried to build up, do all the sides, do all the bullpens, and build the arm strength up. And I was able to stay stay down in uh, extended mm-hmm. um, extended spring training and pitched probably about twenty five innings. Got to face Daniel Murphy and Mark Reynolds for yeah. like literally thirty at bats. It felt like. <laughs> uh, so that was, you know, that was cool. Um, but stuff wasn't there, but, you know, I was just trying to just trying to get in the groove. And, um, you know, after that, they sent me to a short season and I finished up my my season there. Uh, it was just a, the best way that they could, you know, manage manage my innings and make sure that I felt good. And that was pretty cool, you know, just being able to, to pitch again and pitch in some games and try and compete yep. and see where I'm at. Um, and then I was a free agent in 18 and. So I signed back with the Nats because obviously, you know, they put all this time and effort rehab in, and I feel like that's the best scenario for me to come back. And if yeah. you know, if I'm going to make this comeback, I'd re- I, I really want to do it with the Nats. Mm-hmm. So 2019, go my first big league camp, get my first big league uh, appearance and, and camp, and you know, it was cool that all the guys stayed yeah. around and stuck in the dugout, and they gave me a big standing ovation after I threw my. My first pitch. I mean, that was that was really cool. I was there. I was at that game. That was a fun night at the park in West Palm. Man, it was so cool. Um, And so, you know, they sent me the double A because we had a we had a uh, we have an interesting dynamic now with our triple A being in uh, Fresno, California. So um, they sent me the double A, and uh, fortunate I was able to close all year um, in Harrisburg, which put me in the you know the highest leverage possible situations in double A. So I had a lot of fun and we ended yeah. up clinching a playoff spot. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good year and mm-hmm. they, uh, they decided to, to purchase my contract on September 3rd. And I think, you know, um, if you've seen the story that, you know, yeah. there's a video that went viral. And so yeah. it's just, it's been crazy, man. It really yeah. has. Well, and, and crazy well, well deserved too. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can ask in a story like that. You know, the first time I'm going to ask is on the actual, like, arm speed side of things like you know you, you get back off a mound but it's not 94 you know what i mean it's it's one of those things where you know first you got to be 75 and pain free how did the arm speed kind of change for you over the course of time from the day you got off the mound until you know obviously getting back to you know being consistently in the low 90s now was it baby steps or was there one like big breakthrough or was it just like consistently trying to find a way to tick it up a little bit you know every week, couple weeks i think i think ultimately um it definitely was a slow process. I mean, last year, I think I was around 88 and, um, it just, I think it became a little mental, honestly, like, and as you know, the older you get, you start losing mobility and, you know, you gotta, in order to move fast, you you gotta, you gotta train fast. You gotta move your arm fast and that's how you throw hard. And I think, you know, four years of rehab, you kind of lose that in yes. a sense. And I wasn't able to really do a whole lot, especially with my right arm. Um, so I think it was more once I was finally able to really like let it go, like mm-hmm. it's go time. Um, I think it just kind of gradually got better. 
Yep. And, you know, I think, you know, even early this year, it was in the low 90s. And then, you know, eventually um, it just kind of started clicking mm-hmm. uh, mechanically-wise, arm speed-wise. You know, I started hitting some 94s. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I knew, like, okay, like, it's in there. It's yep. back. Like, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And uh, it's just one of those things that I think um, I just have to stay on top of and, and, and um, just be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, you know, I, I think I just got to – continue to, to move the arm fast and mm-hmm. um, and just keep keep uh, getting better. I, I talk a lot about, um, you know, like the, co- the concept of good days and bad days with our younger guys who are going through Tommy John, where they put a lot of pressure on themselves, right? So, like, if you, you look at Max, you look at Steven Strasburg, or any of those other guys that are making starts in the big leagues for the Nationals, they're going to make 33 starts if they're fully healthy, but they're going to have three or four clunkers in there that just aren't good outings, right? So if that's the case you know, 10% of the time, you're not going to feel perfect, whether it's because something's aching or it's because, you know, you just don't have your best stuff. And you're going to have more than that during a rehab protocol. So did you find that there was like a turning point in terms of timeline after the surgery where you stopped having those like, you know, bad days every third day and instead they became every 10th day or something like that? Yeah, I think, I think the more that I threw and the more um, outings I got in, it got better. I mean, especially the first month of the season, you know, I hadn't gone back to back yet. I hadn't gone two innings yet. And I mean, there were times where I would throw and the next day, just like, man, like, and I couldn't tell if it was either from the lifting or if it yep. was from, um, just, uh, just the added torque, you know, you, yep. you, you start getting, uh, you know, more game, like more game speed. And, um, that first month was just a little shaky. And yep. I think the, the more, it could be mental. It could be, um, physical as well. You know, yeah. especially, you know, the way I throw my slider, the way I throw my two seam, mm-hmm. um, just getting those muscles of fire and being yeah. used to, uh, used to it again. I, I think as I got into like the third month of the season, I noticed in like, I started being used more and more. I was going, yeah. you know, almost every other day and then mm-hmm. going back to back. And it just felt like the more that I threw, the, the, the stronger I got and the, be- the better I felt. Yeah. Did you have anything that you changed in terms of like, like give us a feel for what like recovery protocols work for you? Like, are you a soft tissue guy? Are you, you know, Mark Pro? Are you, you know, heated up before you throw? What do you like to utilize? It definitely, uh, I think it depends on the day. I, mm-hmm. I definitely am a, I'm a firm believer of, uh, soft tissue work for sure. Um, I got some soft tissue work in the other day and I just, my plate on my outside actually goes a little bit uh, past the joint line on the outside of my elbow. So for whatever reason, I'll actually get some discomfort along my uh, extensor muscles okay. just be, just because. And yeah. it's just something I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, it's one of those things. And um, dry needling, for me, uh, really does, does the trick, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm getting real tense in those yeah. areas. Um, I'll do some cupping. I, I mean... Yeah. You kind of name it. Uh, I've kind of done it in a sense. Absolutely. Um, I, I've kind of, I've kind of tried it all. Absolutely. And will, will you change your pregame stuff? Like, does it take longer to get hot now, or do you feel like you've gotten back to where you were in that context? I, I kind of feel like I've gotten back to where I was. Um, yeah. I'll definitely, you know, my routines definitely changed a little bit. I'll do some, some, uh, you know, some band work or some. Uh, I do some, some sort of like uh, med ball throws just to get them yeah. my body, body moving mm-hmm. um, a little bit better. Um, when it comes to that, but I feel like, you know, where I was back then compared to where I was now, I'm pretty dang close as far as what it takes me to warm up. I definitely 
the one thing I have learned is definitely, um, you know, how many throws I need to warm up. Yeah. And, you know, I think that kind of comes in time as you, as you've gone through it before you've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how many throws you need, you know, those dry humps, the, those are the things that really add up, especially at the big league level. Absolutely. So we talked like a little physiology and I'm really curious about actually maybe a little bit more the mentality aspect of it is, you know, everyone talks about how you're supposed to take it one day at a time when you're rehabbing, but four years is a long time to rehab, right? Your <laughs> 1400 days is a really big deal. So what were your <laughs> strategies for getting through it? Like, how did you, uh, how did you keep from going crazy? I think ultimately, um, I mean, there for a long time, I, I, I questioned kind of why me, you know, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think obviously, I think my faith in the Lord is, yep. is, is one of the largest components of why I'm where I'm at today. Um, you know, just continue to believe in him and, and trust in his plan because I questioned his plan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as I'm sitting next to my wife, my little daughter, they're the next uh, biggest reason why, you know, I'm, I'm at where I'm at. You know, my wife has been absolutely uh, incredible through this whole process. Just, yep. I mean, she's my nurse for two years. Um, and, you know, looking at that pers- different perspective, you know, we uh, welcome our, welcomed our daughter um, during this rehab process. I got to go to all the meetings, uh, all the appointments. I got to see her, you know, born firsthand. And yep. um, that happened during the playoffs. And if, if I was healthy, then uh, I, I probably would have missed it. Um, so that gives me a lot of perspective, uh, for sure, moving forward. And um, obviously my family and, you know, and then and that, the Nats organization just continues to give me a chance and an opportunity to rehab. Yeah. Um, they've been first class throughout this whole process. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been an incredible journey. You know, and I, I talked to guys like you, and I mentioned it like the Instagram post is that, along the way you've had like a ton of raving fans, right? And these are like guys that you actually play with, but also, you know, like teammates on the minor league side that, you know, have learned from you along the way. So it's, it's easy to be really cranky when you're rehabbing, particularly when it's for four years, you know, how, how do you, how did you remain a great teammate? Were there things that you tried to do along the way to, to help out the guys around you and just continue contributing even when you were on the DL? Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough to be positive. Um, yep. And, you know, and, and as you're sitting on the sideline watching all your buddies, you know, have success and uh, trying to to uh, picture yourself, you know, man, I could still be in the big leagues right now. And um, it, it's been tough. It, it's definitely been tough. But, you know, I, I try to keep a positive mindset. And, and like I said, uh, you know, earlier, you know, you literally try to just go one day at a time. Yeah. Um, and, those, and those days eventually turn into weeks. And I just try try to find it within myself to literally just try to, okay, if I can get a little bit better today, um, ultimately over the span of a week, it's, uh, it's going to be better. And I just try to take that mindset. Absolutely. So when you go back to like, uh, you know, the actual initial injury, right? So your workload was very high going into your Tommy John, you know, and you made your debut in 14 and, and you were good really quickly. So you became someone they relied on and you obviously pitched into the postseason. So there was a shorter off season and a quick turnaround going into 2015. And, and ultimately the elbow kind of gave in August, um, when you were on track for over 70 appearances, that was even with a, I think a DL snip for a bicep strain. So, you know, what does the average baseball fan have no idea about when it comes to the bullpen, the stuff that bullpen guys go through? And we all read the, the nasty things they say on Twitter, but what do they not have any idea about? <laughs> I, I think ultimately, I think um, people don't realize that the bullpen is just kind of a revolving door. You know, it's um, 
you know, at the end of the day, uh, they can just get the next guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you want to be able to be the guy that's durable. You want to be the guy that to be counted on day in, day out. And that's something that I, that I really took pride in, you know, not never wanting to go on the DL, even if I, you know, wasn't at my best, I, I wanted the ball, you know, I wanted to, to be the guy to get the guy, you know, runners on base. Hey, I can get out of it. Um, and so I think a lot of people understand that, you know, they don't see, um, I think the usage as far as the dry humps go, yep. um, you know, when you get up in the six, sit down when you get back up in the seventh sit down and then you know go in the eighth and then the next day you know um if that happens again or you pitch another inning i think that's um where things really add up and over the course of a season you know you, let's just say you have 70 appearances well you might have been off the mound another 30 mm-hmm. um at least and i think that is you know that's the deal breaker i think that some of the fans don't understand you know and yep. And if you, you give up a couple of hits or a couple of runs, you know, you might not realize that, well, that guy warmed up for two innings yesterday. And yep. instead of having his A stuff, he's probably got his C stuff because he had to, you know, warm up um, so much. So that, that's one of the things I think some of the fans don't really, really get. Um, they just see the guys that, that come in and, and pitch. So it's kind of, it's tough. Absolutely. And is there, are there lessons there from up and coming relievers, you know, that they need to learn whether it's how to get hot without totally, you know, using up all your energy and gassing yourself. Also like communicating to managers and pitching coaches where you're at. What, what are the lessons you learned on that front? For sure. I think communication obviously um, is, is the most important, um, you know, as you, as you get in this game and you continue to um, learn, learn yourself uh, where you're at and, um, you know, obviously, obviously communicating with, with the, uh, with the pitching coach or, or manager and telling how you feel on a day to day basis. But then also, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of your, take care of your body. You know, you can't, um, you know, you can't get warm up in three straight innings and then, you know, uh, not go get soft tissue, not go, you know, not contrast or do whatever you need to do to get your body ready. Um, you know, th- those are ultimately you take care of your, your own self. Um, and that's, that's where it comes, you know, that's where the communication comes in on your part and also take care of your body, um, on, on that side. And then obviously also, uh, knowing, uh, how many, how many warm up pitches it takes for you to get ready. Yeah. Um, I think that's also a, a, a large factor as well. Absolutely. One of the challenges of pitching out of the bullpen is never knowing when you're going to throw. I mean, obviously you got a little bit maybe more consistency as you work back on your rehab side of things and, you know, knowing I'm not going to have to go back to back right away and then eventually would. So, you know, when you are on the big league side of things, um, you know, how do you structure your in-season throwing and lifting? Like right now you're, we're talking at 1214, you're playing at Miami tonight. You have no idea whether you're going to pitch tonight. What's your, what's your approach to structuring your in-season throwing stuff? Oh, um, honestly, it's just, I think it's, it's based on workload, you know, right now, um, I, you know, I went from being in double A and, um, you know, I was pitching almost every other day and, mm-hmm. and now, you know, it's, it's kind of the, we're in a, a tricky situation right now. Um, you know, going for a playoff spot and, yep. you know, you, you got to figure out what, what makes you successful and yep. what makes you click and what you need. You know, do you need to be a guy that lifts every other day or do yep. you only need to get maintenance work? And that's ultimately just figuring out who you are and yep. um, figuring out what you need. So right now it's just one of those things where I'm trying to monitor how many throws I need, but at the same time uh, make sure I'm sharp and, and yep. getting get my lifts in when I need to get them in. Absolutely. So assuming like a 7 p.m. start time, how does your day go? What's your like game day routine from the time you get to the field? 
usually, um, yeah, get to the field and, um, I'll usually start off with just, I'll immediately go contrast, um, you know, heat up. I won't contrast all the time, but usually I'll heat it up and, you know, I'll go through a, uh, um, a little bit of a warm up session, try to get the, the blood flow, get the body going a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll have some lunch and then do kind of, uh, an active, uh, an activation period, like right before a throwing program, mm-hmm. do my throwing program, conditioning, go back in. If I need to get any soft tissue work or, or whatever I need, how I'm feeling that day, I'll get that done. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, then it's, it's, uh, BP and, and get ready for the game. Absolutely. So when you, you, you played at two colleges and have seen your share of managers and coaches throughout MILB and Major League Baseball. What are some of the characteristics of the coaches that have been the most impactful for you, both as a, as a healthy player and as someone who's going through the rehab process? Oh, goodness. I mean, there's, there's a long list. <laughs> um, I mean, just honestly, like I said, the whole, the whole Nationals organization has yeah. been incredible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even my old, uh, college coaches, you know, at, um, at Wabash Valley and, and, uh, at Ole Miss, um, Coach Bianco, Coach Lafferty and, um, Coach Fournier. I mean, you know, the, the list is very long. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of all the names, the guys yeah. that have helped me. Um, obviously our, uh, our rehab coordinator down in Florida, Mark yep. Grader, who I spent, I don't know, four years with, three years <laughs> with basically. I mean, um, and, and, you know, our pitching coaches throughout the system, um, yep. you know, Mark Tahara and, and Paul Menhart, who's now our big, big league pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there when I actually snapped my arm. So for him to now be our, our big league pitching coach is, is quite incredible. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of people to thank along the, along mm-hmm. the road and definitely, yep. uh, wouldn't be here without them for sure. Were there certain characteristics in those coaches that helped you the most, you know, it, that kept you upbeat or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, overall, I would say most of the coaches that I've had, um, have super positive attitudes. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, I think all the positive, um, energy that they give, uh, ultimately help me continue to remain positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, that's a huge, huge, uh, thing in, in a rehab process, you know, just to continue to stay positive and, and remain confident that you're going to get through it. Um, mm-hmm. it's huge. Absolutely. And, and even like shifting to the rehab aspect of it is you, you spent a lot of time in that realm, obviously, between the Nats, working with our, our good friend Troy Jones, who's a rock star. You know, what, <laughs> what are some of the personality, tra- personality traits in rehab folks that have, that have really helped you? I mean, on, along a long and winding road. Well, I think that when they put the, you're, you're putting the work in every single day and, you know, they are putting in even more work as far as like, they want you to get better ultimately. And, uh, they, you know, they're grinding just as much as you are and they want to see you succeed. Um, and it's just, it's just so rewarding for them to, you know, to see you make those baby steps in your progress, you know, yeah. when you have that first big milestone and then that next big milestone, you know, I have being able to have Troy, you know, watch my first game in Atlanta, like being able, to, you know, for him to be there for that moment. I mean, that's, I think that ultimately makes, uh, you know, being a PT or, or, you know, someone like that, it makes it that much more rewarding when they're able to see you put the work in and ultimately pays off in the end. Absolutely. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm curious as to what the next step is for you, right? So you're, you know, you're, you came up a little bit late in September, so you're not eligible for a, for a playoff roster spot, but what do you do, uh, moving forward? What's, what's the next step that you have to take to be successful as you, you know, you, this rehab process is over, but at the same time, it, it shifts to a, let's, let's be a high performer, you know, for a long time process. What are the things that you have as goals moving forward? Yeah, um, obviously, I, I, you know, even my, my last outing wasn't my best one. Definitely, it, like I said earlier, it, it's tough. Um, it's one of those things I'm fighting right now, trying to stay sharp, trying to stay ready. I go from pitching every other day to now, you know, uh, just trying to be ready when my name's called. So um, it's definitely, you know, one of those things where I'm just trying to stay focused, trying to stay ready when my name's called. Um, you know, you just we're in a we're in a situation where we're in a, we're in a wild card hunt. Yeah. And um you know, we obviously have our guys, and we're trying to win every game possible. So I'm just trying to put my name out there that I can be trusted when my yeah. name's called and, and go out there and get guys out. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously I'm trying to help take the workload off some of these guys that might need a break, but we're trying to win games at the same time. So just uh, trying to just continue the, the, the proof that – you know, uh, I deserve to be up here and, and be a guy, especially yeah. going into the next season. Absolutely. So, you know, like what we do a little lightning round at the end of these podcasts. So, uh, and I'm curious to get your take on this. What would, what advice would you give to a teenage Aaron Barrett? Oh my goodness. Um, just, uh, just to never give up, you know, um, continue to fight the good fight, you know, just, uh, a, t- a teenage me, you know, I was probably pretty insecure and um, I didn't really get my work ethic probably till those late teenage years. So I, my advice to him would be just don't ever give up. You have a dream, yep. do, just keep going for it because um, I know that hard work truly does pay off. Absolutely. All right, favorite teammate of all time and why? Oh, man. Uh, I have a lot of great teammates. Favorite teammate of all time? You can name a couple if you want to. Guys that are coming off the top of my head right now, I mean, I had I had so much fun my rookie season um, in the bullpen. Guys like literally Drew Storen, Tyre Clipper, Craig Stammon, Jerry Blevins, like Jason Worth, um, Ian Desmond, Adam LaRoche, like those guys I look up to so much and they helped me out so much as far as when I was a rookie yep. and um, those, those guys will always stick out to me as far as uh, being my, my favorite teammates. That's an awesome list. Now uh, what pitchers do you like to watch and why? Well, it's hard not to, to uh, you know, idolize a guy like Max Scherzer, obviously, yep. you know, the tenacity, mm-hmm. uh, the competitive side, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he just, he just brings out a, a different edge every single night. And, you know, that's a guy that, um, I mean, how do you not, how do you not want to, you know, want to pitch like him, you know, go out there and absolutely, you know, you know what you're going to get every single, every single fifth day. And so he's definitely a guy that I definitely love to watch. That's awesome, man. Well, we, we've thrown a ton at you and I know you're, uh, you're preparing for a game, so we're going to let you go, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us and share some wisdom and share your story. I know this is going to benefit a lot of guys who are going through uh, tough rehab circumstances. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, they can, I, I have them on Twitter, Instagram, anybody that, that needs some help uh, moving forward. Um, you know, they take it one day at a time and, 
you know, good things will happen. Uh, they can reach out to me if they, if they need anything at all. And thank, thanks so much for having me on. That's awesome. Thanks for taking the time, man. Good luck tonight. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CSP Elite Baseball Development Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd be thrilled if you'd consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving us a review to read on iTunes. We welcome your suggestions for future guests and questions. Just email EliteBaseballPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your continued support, and we'll see you next episode.